0: Uh, explained on last Friday on Game of the Week, 16-team playoff would be amazing. And we we explained it in detail where you keep the bowl system in uh, context. We'll we'll probably post it on the blog, MasonBlog.blogspot.com, and that would give everyone a shot. And no one will be saying, well, we went undefeated and we didn't get a shot. Every
1: conference winner, just like basketball.
0: But that will do it for extra points here. Thanks for tuning in, and be sure to tune in tuesday and thursday for the dsrs and friday game of the week seven to ten with hockey but for everyone in the studio i'm rushi saying good night and go blue
1: you are listening to wcbn fm ann arbor the sports department would like to thank you for your continued support of university of michigan student radio Moss knocks over Cambolini, winds up and he scores! Jeff Cambolini lets a laser go from the near side circle and the Wolverines take a 1-0 lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Cambolini.
0: Boys and girls, this is Timothy Larry, and I'm in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Well, the only hope here is WCBN FM. If you're ever stuck in Ann Arbor, stick around
1: with WCBN FM, Ann Arbor. That's
0: beautiful. Right on. Coming directly from the Hilton Hotel, on top of the Hilton Hotel.
1: Well, your entertainment pleasure. WCBN FM Ann Arbor. If you're any further left, you'd be watching TV.
0: Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Mandrick, do you know what Clemenceau once said about war? <laughs> <or> no, no. <laughs> what, what did he say there, Commander? He said the war is too important to be left to the generals. Well, he was wrong. Yes, indeedy. Obama <laughs> delivers his Afghanistan speech, his policy... I s- heard about half of it on the radio and saw the remainder on television. I thought Obama looked sober. And uh, unlike uh, the previous occupant of the White House, there wasn't a sense of pride and happiness about taking, taking it to the en- enemy. People forget, by the way, that George Bush, uh, in the middle of March, declared victory in Afghanistan mm-hmm. said, The Taliban's
1: been defeated. We have prevailed. Wrong. Well, that guy was always, uh, and still is, I'm sure, too willing to believe his own fantasies.
0: Yes. Cocky. And, of course, he never delivered. Uh, The dithering, of course, has not been Obama's decision that I think that he went to great lengths to take his time, consider all options. By the way, there's a very interesting, very lengthy uh, piece in yesterday's New York Times, which I didn't bring in with me, but... Oh, I recommend it if you're interested in the sort of the gory details about how Obama went about the decision, the various policy options that he was given, his refusal to uh, make a quick, hasty decision, and how this all came about. Obviously, I'm opposed to the escalation, but I think that uh, some of the analysis was poor. I don't think that this is a, oh, a recipe or a game plan for any sort of thing like victory, but I do think that it's a political um
1: well it seems very uh speech of sorts sober the, it, the approach itself yeah. seems measured is measured, I think the word i'm going to use
0: and i think on the positive side he did bring in the time limit factor not a deadline but a parameter for exit so it's almost as if you're on the freeway on a long journey a long strange trip <laughs> and somebody decides to accelerate to get off at Exit 177, State Street. We want to get to Ann Arbor a little quicker. I hear they got some good stuff there. So I think, the, you know, this is what it's really about. It, it takes Afghanistan as a political issue and kicks the can down the road. And I don't think that the Democrats, for instance, and I, this is how I view the speech, are going to be damaged by the Afghanistan issue in the upcoming congressional elections. Because Obama has put a parameter deadline in the summer of 2011, uh, he may well not be damaged by um, it either when he runs for re-election. Time will tell. Um, We don't know how things are going to turn out in Afghanistan, but we know it's a mess. We know that the escalation of troops is not going to solve the political problems uh, of Afghanistan, And it was interesting, I think we down here on Gray Matters a couple of months ago talked vaguely about this Pashtunistan issue. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that in yesterday's uh, Week in Review section of the New York Times, Scott Shane, which I did bring this article in, uh, has an article about the war in Pashtunistan, uh, giving some interesting maps showing where the Pashtun people live and why there is this thing called the Afghan Taliban and the Pakistan Taliban and why this is going to be very messy and complicated. Indeed.
1: Unfortunately, those uh, oh-so-convenient British boundaries uh, don't take into account at all the dispersal of or the distribution of the peoples, the uh, linguistic cultural groups that uh, live in the region. So you can see there on the map in your article that uh, the Pashtun area Uh, pretty much straddles the areas in Pakistan and Afghanistan that have been amongst the most unstable. And that's largely because the U.S. initially threw its support uh, behind the Tajikis, the Northern Alliance. Right. So there's always been, ever since then, suspicion and uh, concern about what the end goal of the United States really is. Is it to favor one side over the other? In which case, that early move to the Northern Alliance may have been convenient at that moment, but has turned out to be uh, a little more complicated in retrospect.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's also important to remember that Abdullah Abdullah, for instance, who ran against Karzai recently, Mm -hmm. um, was a Tajik. And it's quite clear that Obama, in terms of at least an approach that I would say borders on realism understands that this is not about nation-building, that the United States cannot stay in Afghanistan indefinitely. Let's remember that Afghanistan, for all intents and purposes, has never had a democracy. Uh, It was ruled uh, by monarchs and warlords pretty much uh, since time in memoriam. Um, There was a coup d'etat in the uh, early 70s that was uh, basically sponsored by uh, a sort of a weird coalition of mili- uh, military people and communists, and w- one of the reasons that the Soviet Union invaded in late 1979 was to sort of restore the unstable uh, original coup d'etat that occurred when uh, Shah, I think was the name of the king, the exiled king that lived in Italy most of his life. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I think he's still alive, and I don't know whether he would ever appear at a Loyola Loyola Jirga, but uh, who knows. I just started a book um, entitled The Accidental Guerrilla Fighting Small Wars in the Midst of One Big One by a David Kilcullen. Uh, He's an important figure these days because he uh, actually originally served in the Australian military, but served as a uh, key advisor to uh, General David Petraeus. And he is considered to be the intellectual architect of the, quote, surge uh, in Afghanistan. It's interesting that the word surge is used, not escalation. Escalation, I think, brings back memories of Vietnam. Surge sounds like it could be a refreshing Mountain Dew-style beverage. Yeah, or a fun day at the beach. (laughs) With those waves lapping up against the shore. Just yeah, think not much beach in Afghanistan. Burt Lancaster in here to eternity. <laughs> um, the pounding surf. The pounding surf. The purity of essence. <laughs> oh, Mandrake. But um, <clears throat> I, th- I think Obama, d- uh, there are similarities to Vietnam, but I thought Obama did a good job of uh, disseminating a few differences. Uh, it's important to remember that the Taliban are not supported by the Soviet Union or any major arms supplier. Mm-hmm. This is essentially a sort of ragtag group
1: of uh, jihadists and also well, who may and in fact probably are connected in some ways to Pakistani intelligence. And indeed. that's probably their conduit, but it's not a, – a, the Soviets or Not the Chinese? The Soviets.
0: They don't have any aircraft uh, equipment. They don't have tanks. They don't have airplanes. Uh, they're, they're saboteurs. They're, uh, they can, you know, plant landmines, that sort of thing. But it's pretty small-scale stuff. And as bad as things have gone in Afghanistan, it's important to remember that, you know, even over these eight-plus years, we've only lost about 100 soldiers a year. That's nothing like Vietnam, a Vietnam you know, was was basically seven to 8,000 troops a year. Yeah. Uh, so the numbers are just completely different. And also I think it's very important to realize that the Viet Cong were inspired by nationalism. There was a unifying concept uh, that the United States government got confused and deluded by in which they thought they were fighting a um, communist insurgency when in fact it was really a nationalist insurgency mm-hmm. that the Viet Uh, Vietnamese uh, people under Ho Chi Minh had fought on our side in World War II against the Japanese Mm -hmm. and their occupation, then fought against the French uh, when Truman and his advisors allowed the uh, French and British uh, colonial powers to resume their colonial imperialism post-war World War II uh, in contravention of FDR's concept of no more colonialism uh, that I think in retrospect would have been a much better idea. They defeated the French, and then they expected their territory and land to be free. Uh, The United States meddled in the Geneva Peace Accords in 54 and 55 uh, to disrupt this nationalist goal, and that was essentially what the Viet Cong were. They were a nationalist,
1: primarily a nationalist. uh, Well, and as such, they enjoyed uh, a pretty substantial degree of popular support, something the Taliban has never really enjoyed. Now, one
0: similarity between uh, the Vietnamese situation and Afghan, by the way, I think is the comparison between Karzai, his brother, and the Diem brothers that Mm. were ruling uh, corruptly in South Vietnam, puppets of the American government being sort of propped up. And I think that what's been clear, in other words, the uh, tainted elections of a couple of months ago in Afghanistan, uh, in fact, gave the United States a perfect out. They could have just said, that's it, we're done. Yeah let's leave. Obama, however, had boxed himself into a corner uh, due to his uh, claims during the 2008 uh, presidential campaign, both in the primaries and in the general election. And he had made it a specific point to attack uh, the Republican Party on the handling of both the Iraq War and the Afghanistan War. And hence, um, he had committed himself prematurely to, uh, to an escalation in Afghanistan that he's now stuck with. But it's interesting in Kilcullen's preface where he talks about understanding this uh, new concept of war. He writes, and I'm going to read this a couple of paragraphs here. It might be a little too lengthy for some, but I think it captures perfectly what we're dealing with. He writes, it struck me that while the neo- Salafi jihadists, a small, elusive minority in any society, are often implacable fanatics. The local guerrillas they exploit frequently fight because they perceive Western presence and the globalized culture Westerns carry with us as a deadly corrosive to local identity. More often, they fight Westerners primarily because we are intruding into their space. Ironically, it is partly our pursuit of terrorists that has brought us in to sustain contact with traditional non-state societal hierarchies, Waziris, Mahouds, Kuchi, Abu Mahal, Janabi, Tareg, whose geographical and demographic terrain interests Western governments mainly because terrorists hide there or are believed to hide there. The local fighter is therefore often an accidental guerrilla, fighting us because we are in his space, not because he wishes to invade ours. He follows folkways of tribal warfare that are mediated by traditional cultural norms, values, and perceptual lenses. He is engaged, from his point of view, in a resistance rather than an insurgency, and fighters principally to be left alone. Whether or not he is manipulated by propaganda, advised, or equipped by outside experts, or armed with an eternal sponsor, an external uh, sponsor, when he fights in his hometown or local hills... In defense of traditional identity, he is a formidable opponent. That's what we're dealing with. Um, this, you know, I think pinpoints exactly what they are. I heard an interesting spin analysis on CNN by Kristina uh, Amanpour, who talked a little bit about the $10 a day Taliban, that there are a lot of the Taliban are not committed jihadists to this weird... Uh, sort of 12th century concept of Muslim justice and you know identity and the Sharia and all that nonsense. But they are simply purchased
1: uh, day laborers.
0: Daily, they're day laborers, <laughs> In a sense, yeah. and they're they're purchased <clears throat> to feed their family. Um, uh, they're paid, and when you have a society such as Afghanistan that's so dilapidated, so well, um, oh, resource fractured. And
1: utterly poor. I mean, cash poor, resource poor.
0: And if you don't have paychecks coming in, uh, the way we think of it here in the United States, um, it's understandable some of these people are guns for hire, so to speak. And one of the problems that the United States needs to, and where I part company with Obama and the hawks that are in favor of this escalation, is I think it's time for the United States to grow up. Uh, We need to get out of their space, Realize that they are not a threat to the United States because they simply don't have the wherewithal to attack the United States. Um, And to get over this obsession with uh, propagandistic words like terrorism and uh, whatnot or or global jihad, which are thrown around quite loosely, and get down to the heart of the matter that this is what this is really about. Um, I think that this speech... And the policy is political, uh, much more than military. Uh, I don't believe that the Taliban can defeat the United States. They simply don't have the power to do so. The United States, of course, will be using the air power and whatnot. But one area of that region to keep an eye on is Baluchistan, because mm. the rumors are that there's going to be some sort of counteroffensive. And by the way, critics of, the, of Obama's speech that say that he wasn't specific enough about details of strategy are idiots, well, they need to look at
1: the map. There are some yeah. pretty specific references there. P-
0: specific references, but FDR, for instance, when he conducted World War II or Churchill, didn't give daily briefings to the American people about the campaign that was going right. on in North Africa, Europe, Japan, whatever. Um, we don't need to reveal our strategy and specifics, but it's quite clear there's going to be some sort of uh, offensive uh, in the southern region in this uh, Kandahar, Baluchistan area, involving us and the Pakistan military, presumably. And, of course, this horrific bombing just the other day at a mosque uh, demonstrates the kind of insanity that these militants uh, possess. Uh, So when um, Obama uses the phrase, and I don't have the speech in front of me, but he talks about uh, um, jihadists that have hijacked the Muslim religion, he's uh, exactly on the mark. Uh, Even Pakistani people are greatly offended when people are killed at mosques like that uh, on Friday prayers by suicide bombers, and many of the victims turn out to be elderly and children. Uh, This, of course, is uh, unacceptable warfare and obviously demonstrates beyond any shadow of a doubt that uh, some of these uh, jihadists are just delusional fools. They think they're getting to heaven or whatever.
1: Well, in, in no. a sense, it's it's really no different from the sort of uh, religious extremist terrorism that our own country has experienced in the uh, early days of the civil rights movement, where no doubt people who saw themselves as good white Christians uh, had no qualms about bombing a church where sure. black uh, Americans were in attendance killing children, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So those people saw themselves as God's own, too. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing specifically intrinsically uh, extremist about Islam itself. All religions have the extremist uh, capacity. And actually, uh, just to kind of uh, tail onto that, a quick brain damage award for uh, Richard Holbrook, the uh, U.S. Special Ambassador to Afghanistan, who said something rather clumsy, I think, in his attempt to uh, pressure uh, European allies, members of the NATO alliance, particularly to... uh, Pony up more troops. Who have incidentally committed, I
0: think, 7,000 troops officially. But we'll, we'll see Yeah, what there's still some, now. you know,
1: France uh, hasn't really clarified their actual number yet. Uh, and the Dutch, interestingly, are beginning to pull out. So there's still some uh, backs to be scratched there, no doubt. But what Holbrook says here is rather bizarre. He says that the uh, conflict with the Taliban represents the ultimate test of NATO and that the consequences of failure would be far greater than anything seen in Vietnam. Here's his actual quote. The stakes could not be more different between Vietnam and Afghanistan here. Uh, he says, uh, quote, The Viet Cong and the North Vietnamese never posed a direct threat to the U.S. and Europe. Al-Qaeda does. Well, are you talking about the Taliban? Are you talking about Al-Qaeda? Are you conflating the one with the other? Uh I'm not sure if al-Qaeda has anything left in the tank to attack America with. I think the 9-11 attacks, spectacular, limited. Right. Um, Certainly the Taliban doesn't have the capacity to attack uh, the United States and not even Europe. Um, There was talk about, you know, Bush wanted to have more missiles in Europe because Iran, if they get a nuclear missile— Nobody in that region has the capacity to attack Europe. Perhaps business interests, you know, uh, infrastructural things related to the petroleum industry, sure, those are vulnerable. <clears throat> but again, isn't that kind of why we're there anyway? Right. In and Afghanistan it, particularly, or excuse me, Iraq particularly.
0: Yeah, and some of the European attacks that have been perpetrated as, quote, terrorist acts have actually been indigenous people that have nothing to do with either afghanistan or al-qaeda they're sort of uh, freelancers of their own who have uh, in their minds uh, created uh, you know this theory that they need to do something let's also remember that many of the 9-11 hijackers a few of them were actually motivated more by the palestinian um, israeli conflict than anything else and uh since the United States is, has uh, dithered, to use a word that Dick Cheney is throwing around quite frequently, and uh, he. And contemptuously. Well, and he uh, reappeared uh. Uh, last week with just outrageous comments. Uh, that man needs medication <laughs> for more than his back pain. Um, he may need to go on a long, strange trip. <laughs> and get off at exit 177. (laughs) But uh, we don't need to worry about Dick Cheney. His uh, approval ratings are slightly above Osama bin Laden's. (laughs) But uh, probably um, Mike Huckabees are (laughs) down there now. Uh, He seems to have taken a little bit of a hit, speaking of...
1: uh, Yeah, a little collateral damage from the... uh, Execution-style yeah. shooting, really, yeah. of uh, at least two of the four uh, police officers shot uh, yeah. last week. And, of course, he had commuted
0: the sentence, and now it turns out that he had released quite a lot of uh, dangerous
1: criminals while governor of Arkansas. So uh, I wonder if uh, Mike Dukakis has uh, sent him a text message.
0: Well, hopefully, but uh, a number of Republican <coughs> analysts said you can put a fork in Huckabee, and... Uh, You know, it's interesting how many Republicans over the past week have just, uh, you know, presidential contenders, people that were talked about presidential contenders, Ensign is, you know, people are calling for him to now resign. Uh, He's the senator from uh, Nevada that's engaged in all sorts of monetary and sexual hanky-panky that, uh, you know, is serious government misconduct. Uh, Articles of impeachment were introduced today Mm. in South Carolina against the Appalachian Trail hiker, Mr. (laughs) Sanford. (laughs) And, of course, Sarah Palin uh, made uh, a really good name for herself last week by uh, associating herself with the birthers. And she's apparently charging people for photographs now on her book tour. Wow. There is populism for you. Yeah. That's a folksy touch. That's that fundraising streak that she's got. Whenever there's a buck to be made, she's hot on the trail. Uh, So we'll give them uh, collectively all brain damage awards. Uh, To Huckabee's credit, he's, you know, stuck with an unfortunate situation. But uh, when Republican, uh, you know, operatives are saying you can stick a fork in Huckabee as far as Mm -hmm. running for... Uh, 2012, Um, Newt Gingrich is starting to look a little more attractive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you need a whole lot of beer to make uh, Newt Gingrich look attractive and uh, maybe even a bag. But, uh, wow, should it come to that, I mean, uh, that's barrel scraping right there.
0: So while leftists on—and it's interesting. Ed Schultz had an interesting comment on the day after uh, Obama's speech. He said, well, I'm against the escalation, but I'm for the president. Uh, I'm not urging left uh, leftists, and I consider myself one, to uh, go along with that approach. But I think that the observation that I'm going to make about Afghanistan is I think that this has been effectively sort of pushed—the can has been kicked down the road— uh, it's going to be very difficult to um, critique Obama until the results are in. And uh, on the positive side, we're, we're, uh, apparently there were some announced elections in Af- Iraq uh, that are going to occur at the end of February, I want to say the 27th on the date. And, uh, you know what, the word is we're withdrawing more troops within 60 days of those elections. So um, the political future of Afghanistan is murky, but uh, what it does seem to me to be quite clear from Obama's speech and even uh, some of the comments of his spokesman uh, shortly thereafter the next couple of days is that Obama does not have grandiose plans for nation-building in Afghanistan. And while the United States can perhaps play a role in uh, political assistance, economic assistance, and most importantly, maybe agricultural assistance. Yeah, you know, get the food on the table, uh, get rid of these $10-a-day Taliban um, with with tangible economic aid. Um, And, uh, yes, if you want to uh, look under wet stones, to use I.F. Stone's uh, characterization of the red-baiting practices of J. Edgar Hoover in the 1940s and 50s for the Taliban, well, good luck, but... uh, I think the truth is that many of them have uh, are 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 going to flee the area, and this idea that uh, the deadline somehow uh, emboldens our enemies emboldens our enemies, or is somehow a uh, a message that they can lay low. um, Many of them can't lay low. There's nowhere to go, or if there is, it's uh, through the porous Afghan-Pakistan border, and. um, Pakistan may not uh, welcome them with open arms, as they were forced to do during America's involvement in the Afghan conflict in the 1980s. Let's remember that uh, Pakistan, I I think the numbers that I read from the Soviet uh, war uh, carnage, and I mean it was serious carnage that the Soviets inflicted on the
1: Afghan people. Well, they they lost 15,000 troops themselves. They lost 15,000,
0: but an estimated uh, 1 million were killed uh, in their air campaigns, their brutal uh, um, tactics uh, that were sort of reminiscent of Stalin and his concept of war, you know, uh, kill anything that moves. Pretty much. Civilian or otherwise, but, yeah, the uh, the, the numbers— you know, we're staggering, this is somewhere between 3 and 5 million refugees that mm-hmm. went from Afghanistan to Pakistan and also several million that went into Iran. And it's interesting that this Baluchistan we're, area...
1: That's the area that borders Iran. Goes yeah.
0: into Iran, yep. and there was a terrorist attack in Iran
1: recently by... Yeah, uh, about three weeks ago uh, against... baluchi separatists. Baluki separatists attacking uh, a division of Iraqi command... or. Iranian uh, military commandos, essentially. So, so it bizarre. might be useful
0: for the United States to even uh, do some uh, diplomatic work with Iran on the Afghan uh, situation, because it's, as I've pointed out before, regarding perfidy in, involving the 9-11 plot, and perhaps a penetration of the 9-11 plot by Iranian uh, terrorists, i.e. I, I, Imad Mugnea, mm-hmm. um, you know, using... Uh, these German, uh, Mohammed Atta and that crew, that, who were the main 9/11 hijackers, don't don't put this aside. The uh, Iranian government does not like the Taliban at all, and in fact, they nearly came to war in 1998 mm-hmm. over a, a serious uh, attack that occurred in Mazar Sharif by Taliban against the Iranian uh, embassy there, yep. which I think 23 people were killed. Um, Iran. You know, using the, to carry forward here on the conspiracy theory regarding, uh, you know, an amateur like George Bush who uh, obviously flunked history. I don't know where he studied, what he studied. I doubt the man ever cracked a book <laughs> in earnest. Yeah, he knew how to pull those, you know, those Christmas wreath pranks as a frat boy, and he was a good towel snapper, to use uh, yeah. David Brooks's
1: words. <laughs> Um, about the extent of his skills
0: you know could have uh... duped the united states into doing its dirty work in the middle east get rid of saddam hussein go into afghanistan and deal with this incredibly messy situation that we're now confronted with and george bush is uh... the man that needs to be held accountable for the failure in afghanistan not barack obama Ob- obama has just been dealt a bad hand and as I don't know, as odious as Robert Gates is, he's a seasoned bureaucrat. And when Mm. he says, look, this is the best choice of a lot of bad options, there are no good options. That is the truth. There
1: are no good options. It's a mess. Indeed. Well, uh, you are listening to WCBN FM in Ann Arbor. And thanks to Andrew for engineering. Looks like we're going to be wrapping it up here.
0: Yeah, and uh, real quickly, um, as we close out, I did want to talk about unemployment, but we can get to that next week. I saw a movie the other night that uh, if you get a chance to see this, I highly recommend this movie because it's very obscure, and uh, it was one of the best movies that I've ever seen uh, that is connected to the sort of the Great Depression and the World War II era, and I want to give kudos to Turner Movie Classics for showing these kinds Hmm. of movies extensively.